Um, we're looking at habits to help us to walk like Jesus in this first part of the year. So I wonder, can you remember what's the habit we've already looked at? Prayer. So it's easy at the moment, isn't it? By the time we've done eight habits, it'll be a bit more taxing. But this morning, it's easy because we're just having thought about prayer already. And today, we're thinking about accountability. Does anyone have accountability already for things that you do during your week? Probably nearly all of us, yeah? There's probably people who will hold us accountable in our work and in all sorts of other ways. But let me just start you off with a little clip. Right, we're looking for a football net. And there it is at the end of the garden. So, where is he? Okay, so he's very miserable, he's very caught up. Right. Right, leg's stuck, he's round his body. He looks in a right pickle, don't you, fella? Some very tight round here. Where does that go? He goes round that side. So we've now got to hold the fence, the fox, without getting bitten. Off into the undergrowth, never to be seen again. I tried so hard to make sure you didn't have a clip of his bottom, but there wasn't any way of doing that, so apologies for that. Sometimes, though, we get stuck. I imagine that the fox put his head into the net and thought he might get away, or perhaps he didn't even see the net, and by the time he was tangled, it was too late. And no matter what he did, he couldn't get out of it himself. He was stuck. The same can happen to us that we have not seen the danger. We might have seen it, though, and lost control in the middle of it. But for many of us, sin and things that entangle us have just got caught around us. And we perhaps thought it wouldn't happen, but then it has. It could be all sorts of things, gambling, pornography, telling lies, stealing, gossiping, and it might be something else. But the important thing is that that man in the video did not go around to people's gardens because he loved football nets. He was not a football net enthusiast. He was a fox enthusiast. So when we think about accountability, the point isn't really the sin, the stuff that God doesn't like. The point is the freedom that we should be enjoying and the life that we should have with God. So as we think about accountability, let's not be too focused on the net, on the stuff that's gone wrong. But let's think the purpose of getting out of it is to experience freedom and life with God. Paul writes, if someone is caught in sin, and we all get caught in sin, if that happens, someone else should restore them gently, but watch out in case that we too get stuck in the same thing. Then, now, the man in the video could have looked at the fox, got out of his chair, put it at a safe distance and shouted at the fox, you idiot. How did you get stuck in the net? How did you not see that coming? And that wouldn't have been helpful. And the other thing he could have done was to go and sit in the net with him and get tangled up himself and to sit in the net and say to the fox, isn't it terrible? <laughs> We're both stuck in this net together. It's so understandable. I barely noticed it as well. But that wouldn't help either. And as we think about accountability, we're thinking about how do we help each other out of sin in our lives so that we're not standing back and going, you idiot. <laughs> and we're also not just saying, oh, there, there, we all make mistakes. Because actually, what we want is freedom. What we want is to step out of those habits. James chapter 5, verse 16. That's not James chapter 5. 
says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. It's that idea of a habit of accountability. Now, can I tell you that I don't rock up here on a Sunday morning and read you all out my list of sins? (laughs) But what I would want to do is to choose someone that I trusted, who would be there for me, who would help me. And so I wonder what that might look like for each one of us. So this is what it could look like. You might ask someone in your life group and say to them, could you help me? At the moment, I'm really struggling with, could be all manner of things. My Facebook at the moment keeps trying to feed me pornography and I don't like it. And so I'm having to say to myself, if I go on Facebook, what do I need to click on to make sure that doesn't happen? In your life, it might be something else. You might have friends who want to have those little conversations about somebody else and it leads into gossip and that's not helpful. So I don't know what it will be for you, but for each of us, we need accountability, we need some help. So it might be that you have someone who every week you say to them, can you ask me some questions? It could be, how much have you been drinking this week? Have you told lies this week? Have you allowed yourselves to look at images of men or women online this week that you shouldn't have done? And so they'll be able to help you with that. And they're doing it as a friend, and they're doing it in love, and they're not doing it because the sin or the net's important, That they're doing it because freedom with Jesus is so important. The more I invest in my relationship with Jesus, these other things will become less attractive to me. And gradually I find myself living in the way that God wants me to. I imagine, though, in all of this, you've rarely walked into church and someone else has come up to you and said, do you know, brother, I see that sin in your life. (laughs) I noticed what you were doing at the weekend. People don't tend to do that, partly because we hide that stuff and partly because we typically are quite nice people. So we don't tend to point it out in each other's lives. You're a bit of a gossip, you are. We don't do that to each other. And so what we need to do is to give someone else permission and say, do you know, could you help me? When you see me doing this, that or the other, please ask me what I'm doing and help me not to do that. You invite someone in and that way it's something where they're helping you rather than it feeling like I'm being picked on by this other person. Sometimes with sin, I think I can just dip my head into the net and then I'll be able to walk away. But actually, that tends to not be the case. Galatians tells us that we sow what we reap, so be careful. Remember to feed yourself those things that will help you to grow in love of Jesus and to stick away from the stuff that you know can tangle you up. Our second passage is in Ecclesiastes, and you might have heard it at weddings, but actually it has a much wider and useful application. Two are better than one. Two can stand against all sorts of things. Two can help each other up. So if you're feeling stuck in your life, can I encourage you, have somebody else who's going to help you. I know that for me, in my life, the times when I've trusted someone else and said, I'm finding this hard... That power for it to make me feel terrible goes away. And it's in the light. And I'm not hiding it anymore. And I feel like the devil can't use it against me anymore. There is real power in bringing someone else in and saying, I trust you. Help me with that thing. Even though the first time you say what you've done, you'll think, I feel awful about that. (laughs) But the point, remember, isn't the net, isn't the sin. 
The point is the freedom that we want to walk into. Accountability, though, can be wider than just sin. So you might commit in your life group that you'll go through the Bible in a year. You might say, I want to start praying more. And those are also things you could say to somebody else. Ask me, have I prayed this week? Have I taken any risks for Jesus? What have, what's my week been like? I have, though, 18 people who hold me accountable. Do you know who they are? <laughs> They're your PCC. That's part of their job. They're like governing body of the church. That's part of their role, to hold me accountable and say, what are you doing? What do you spend your week doing? What's your mission in this place? What are we called to as a church? And you might remember in 2021, we set ourselves this vision about connecting in all sorts of ways. So let me give you a brief update where we're up to. In fact, better than that, if you could, could you talk to someone near you? Do you notice anything that we've done as a church that's helped with any of those areas? So connecting with each other, which was the family one, connecting with our friends, which was about sort of outreach and evangelism and so on, connecting with our community, which was about how do we do good for people who don't come to church, and connecting with the wider church family and with the region. So have a little think, if you know of any, or maybe have a talk to someone near you, do you know of anything we've done that's helped in that? Because I've set this like two years ago, so if we haven't, that's not great. <laughs> have a think, maybe have a talk to someone near you. What do you know about I'm hoping this isn't the point I get fired. (laughs) So let me give you a few things. Hopefully you'll come up with some of this yourselves. So first of all, we thought about connecting with God. And so we've been sharing loads of stories about what God's been doing. We've done Facebook posts. We've done our jar of risk. We've done testimonies during the week. What God's doing in our life, because that underpins the whole of it. Then we looked at connections amongst ourselves, which was family. And we thought about a few ways that we'd like to be a better, closer church family. So if you look, for example, at the slide at the start that was before the service was up, it had the little funky circles. Did you notice that one? Maybe. It had all the events that we've got that are social events for the year. And the point of that is it's easy to join a big church and meet nobody. And so that's about helping us to have fun together and also to be able to bring other people along. We've got more focus on our life groups, helping us to connect with one another well. And if you want to join one, can I encourage you to talk to Stuart and Ruth, because they're starting two even this week. We're trying to, if you like, put the tent pegs out a bit wider and think, how do we make capacity for people to join us and be part of our church family here? So if you are part of a full life group, can I encourage you, do you need to start a new one? Maybe send out a couple of people who are going to start a new group. We got rid of some of the tables out in coffee. Did you notice that? That was one of the things we said before lockdown. It was a bit cliquey and a bit difficult. And we got rid of some of that so that then we could talk to each other. And I think coffee is much better. And if it's not, please talk to me. But the whole point of that is you go through and people will talk to each other. Then we looked at connecting with our friends and sharing faith. And so we've done a bit of training about that. But also, we've got the John Archer evening coming up, which I hope that you will come to and bring a friend. He's a comedian and a Christian. It won't be an altar call moment, 
It won't be cheesy and awful. It will be brilliant. So please do consider bringing some people with you because the first step of people coming to faith is people coming, meeting other Christians and going, they're all right, actually. Because often people know you and no other Christians. And they might think, well, you're just quite nice, but the rest of them might be weird. <laughs> so this is the chance for them to meet other Christians and go, do you know, maybe this is something I'd like to be part of. So please do consider it. We're looking at messy church and tweaking that. And we're also, at the moment, just about to launch a 20s and 30s event for Teesside Wide, because we realise that that age bracket are not served well in churches. And so we want to do something about that. On a wider scale, we've been uh, engaging with the diocese, looking at church plants and training leaders. And I hope that you're aware we haven't just hung St Paul's out to dry. So when we sent them off to be our church plant, we didn't just go, off you go, that's it. So I meet regularly with Paul, and we're starting to send over uh, preachers and leaders to help support that plant. One of the things, though, that we need next, really, is to be able to help them out with some worship leaders, because they've got almost no musicians. And so if today you think to yourself, do you know, I can play a little bit, can I encourage you to learn a little bit more? And then you might become part of one of our worship teams. I can play 10 chords. I know it's impressive, isn't it? But on the guitar, that's as many as I can do. I've got 10 chords in the bag. And you know, I can do, I think, all the worship songs that we play. So it doesn't take that long to be able to get a bit of competence And then you might be part of the answer to how we can start more services and plant more churches. The other thing that we could really do with is more people who are interested in children's work. We've got quite a lot interested in youth. We've got a few less interested in children's work. That's another thing that we'd love to step out into and to see more children's work happening across the church and planting new congregations. Launching plants, though, means often a sacrifice for us. And one of the questions I've been mulling over is something I got asked last week, which was, do we want a baby? Do we want to send out church plants? Because it's a bit messy and it will cost us a bit. But all the research on planting churches says they end up having a younger demographic than the average church, that they reach more children and more young people, that they grow quicker and they're more embedded in their communities. So it's worth it. It'll have great fruit out of the end of it. So do feel free to hold those leading this church to be accountable. What are we doing? What's the plan? Where are we up to? And to pray and think, where do I fit? And if you don't think you fit into anything we do, then talk to us and say, can we start something else? Because we'd love to be a church that reaches out more. Accountability is then a gift to all of us. It helps us to hold on to what we intend to do, both in terms of avoiding sin, but also in stepping into the things that we really feel passionate about and what God's told us to do. I've been looking this week at a particular phrase, and I don't know if you would know where it comes from. And the phrase is this, screw your colours to the mast. Anyone think they might know where it comes from? Screw your colours to the mast. Have you heard it before? You've, you heard, nail your colours to the mast, you can nail them or... Do you nail them in the north? <laughs> we screw them in the south. <laughs> but whatever you do, however you attach your colours to the mast, you might know where it comes from. So it's a sailing idea. And it's a bit... This is how it works, right? Let's say that Ben had a boat and I had a boat, right? And we wanted to fight each other with our boats. We both raise our flags. 
And then if one of us wanted to surrender, we'd lower our flag. And that would be like the symbol of you can't attack me anymore. But if a ship was never going to surrender, then it would just nail its colours to the mast because it couldn't lower them again. And one of the things that I've been mulling over is, what does that mean for me and us as a church to nail our colours to the mast, to say, we are about Jesus. Don't allow us to be distracted. Don't allow sin to get in the way. Let's keep what we actually want to be achieving in this place, that we grow in love of Jesus. We grow children's ministry. We go youth ministry. We plant new churches and we see places reached for Jesus. So let me just give you a bit of a moment to have a mull and a think over the things that I've just shared there. And perhaps to ask God, what does he want to say to you this morning? It might be about accountability. It might be about something about the involvement in the church's vision. It might be something a bit different. So just take a moment, have a conversation with Jesus yourself. What does he want to say to you about all of this today? some of us this morning we feel like we're stuck in the net we feel like there's something in our lives that we just can't get free from Jesus we pray restore our hope that you are the liberator the one who brings freedom and lead us to that individual who will walk alongside with us carry our burdens with us until we're free Father, we pray where we feel like we are not fully nailing our colours to the mast. God, draw us to you again. Help us to know that you are good, that you can be trusted. And Lord, for this church, Father, lead us forwards. Use us to start new churches. Use us to bring many people to know you, Jesus. Lead us to know for others that they can, and for ourselves, that we are forgiven and loved and valued and treasured and the difference that makes. Use us to be a blessing, we pray, Jesus.